Hi there, it's David, the loud one from the Cure Paris podcast. How you doing? You alright? Good stuff. You been up to much? Nah, just keep your head down, are you? Good stuff. So your dad's still working for that paper in Dumbarton, aye? Oh, that's good. I know they had a bit of a rough time about it. And how am I? Well, I've been writing some very interesting articles about Robot Wars recently, but you know what? It's fine. We're not here for that. I just wanted to pop in and let you know that this is episode 10 of the Pure Pre podcast. To be honest, we had recorded episode 9 and 10 together, which is why you're going to get an odd jump right back into a conversation, because we didn't do an intro at the start. I thought I'd just pop in and let you know. Hope you're doing alright. Say hello to your dad as well. Cheers. versus uh, Yoshihiko on this uh, trio of matches we have selected, which was mine. Um, Daniel, uh, this was uh, Dan- Daniel's one was um, Botwinkle Robinson match. And um, now we move on to David's choice. Now I'm just going to um, lay out all the participants in this. Um, guys, if you want to, if you want to have a piss or put the kettle on, it could take me a while to go through everyone in this match. So this is from Toriamon. On the 30th of August 2003, so we're getting a bit more modern now. Um, it is, if I if I fuck any of this up, please forgive me. Um, so <laughs> You're it is up. a it is a four way elimination trios match for the UWA World Trios title, um, and it is the champions uh, Shin M2K, consisting of Dragon Kid Kenichiro Arai and Masaaki Mochizuki, um, against. Uh, Italian Connection, made up of Condotti Shuji, Milano Collection AT, and Yoshino, uh, versus uh, Do Fixer, made up of Genki Horiguchi, Magnum Tokyo, and Susumu Yokosuka, versus Crazy Max, made up of Sima, Don Fuji, and Sua. Yeah, I fucking did it! There you go, well done. Bit of a word Proud. salad. Now, as for who these people are, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, before, uh, before we yeah. continue, right? I, I need to come forward here and be open and honest with you. I am so sorry that I picked this match. I am so, so sorry. I'm not. Because it's amazing. I, I'm not sorry you picked But, oh my fucking God. You cannot, yeah, I think, you cannot uh, like, take notes on this. I, I think what yeah. we're going to have to do, really, is... So, at least we have some sort of structure in what we're talking about. What I did was I picked out sort of... Uh, key moments, like your football manager highlights, you know, it didn't show you the whole game, but it gives you a snapshot of what it was about. And I think if we touch on those going along, like we did for the uh, Ibushi Yoshihiko yeah. match, it might give us, a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a through line, so to speak. But yeah. um, before we start, um, 
Uh, yeah, David. So why why this match in particular, aside from a desire to thoroughly confuse and terrify us? Well, I remember like I this was been a couple of years ago actually that um, I found out about this match. I I kind of have a thing where if somebody tells me a match is good, I'll give it a go. Regardless of what it is, so for example, someone like Botwin Cole and uh, Robinson, something like this. So somebody says, I always try and try and have a, a sort of a, a vague working knowledge of pretty much you know every major promotion in Japan. So Toriyumon, it's I mean a lot of people will know about Michinoku Pro, will know about Kai and Tai, um, you know the Michinoku Pro, the, the trios matches. Um, in, the, in the late 90s they also were in ECW barely legal and you also had like Takamichi Noka and Sasuke um, and WWF and Canadian Stampede things like that um, so like a lot of people in Pro got, got a bit of a cult following because of that because they're in ECW and then on Canadian Stampede so a lot of people and I, I love Empro. I love like for example like Grand Naniwa and the Crab Man and Super Delphin and so Sasuke. Um, we, um, we, we'll guys. absolutely be doing an episode on Michinoku Pro. But even for example, like um, there's one, um, what there's a SummerSlam '98 match. It's Kai and Tai versus the Oddities. Do you remember so this match? It is <laughs> so much it's fun. so much fun. It is fantastic, and it was such a it, again. It's avant-garde. It's not as bad. It's not as bad <laughs> as the Headlock match we mentioned earlier, but it is very much it is a, a different way of looking at wrestling. As I said, you yeah. know, uh, five minutes ago or last episode, depending on how long this goes. Um, if you know, if you give me something original, I'll always love a match. And th- those um, early, you know, the imp- the impro matches were fantastic and Kai and time things like that. They gave us something original all the time. Then obviously Ultimo Dragon. I love Ultimo Dragon. He's one of my favorites. Mm. He stayed at he stayed at my wife's cousin's house. <laughs> <laughs> they made him dinner. It was amazing. Like my my. What does what does Ultimo Dragon eat? Just like it's like baby tigers. No, it was pie mash. You got I don't know. From oh, pie mash. Yeah. Pie pie mash. mash. I, I hope it was. Or maybe they went to like <laughs> Subway and got them something. I don't know. But um, like give a pizza I, crunch. Yeah, exactly. A pizza, well, it was Motherwell, so yeah, it probably was. Um, but because I, I remember my 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 wife told me because I was like, oh my god, Ultimo Dragons at Motherwell Concert Hall. Oh my god, I, I need to go. But it was also it was also the night of my stag do, and also my birthday party, so I couldn't go. And I was so tempted to get everyone to come out to watch Ultimo Dragon with like eighty children at <laughs> <in a fucking laughs> Concert Hall. And I thought, I'm not I'm not that bad, so. Um, but she was, t- she was telling me afterwards, um, he was like, oh yeah, she, you've, you've heard of Ultimo Dragon before. And my wife was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, I love him. He said, like, yeah, he stayed with, he stayed with my cousin Susie. I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like, her husband ran the promotion that, that put him Oh, on. right. So yeah, okay, that makes him. sense. And um, and then, like, the next time I seen her, like literally the first time I went up to her, she was like, hi, David, how are you? I'm like, you're the Ultimo Dragon. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, Yoshihiro? And I was like, don't you got him by his name? Oh my god, don't you're a first name. Oh you, you fucking kaifei breaking bastard. Like, no, I was like, oh my god, you're a first name terrorist, he's your friends. No, like, and then she's like, he's like the loveliest man ever. And I was like, I, I fucking love him so much. But he, he had Toriumon, of course, which mm. was his dojo. So he, he was always considered to be too small to wrestle in Japan. And he moved to Mexico. And started doing Lucha Libre, which is quite funny because I mean, Gran Hamada, 
Um, mm. He did uh, UWF, one of the many yeah. UWFs that you know yeah. that have existed. Not the one that we've reviewed. Not the one with the bungee rope match. Not the one with Herb Abrams either. <laughs> Just the, another UWF because it's like it's like the continuity UWF. But <laughs> so he kind of took the the Gran Hamada style, went over to Mexico with Gran Hamada and developed Lucha Resu, which was a mixture of Japanese wrestling along with Lucha Lucha Libre. And it was more fast-paced. It was all over the place. It was about big multi-man tags and, you know, dives and just chaos and all over the place. And he brought that to Tony Umon and had this grad, um, this uh, team of um, graduates um, at first. So it was Tokyo Magnum, um, Don Fuji, Suwa, and it was Dragon Kid and Sima. Uh, Shima, obviously, is, you know, is, is a massive wrestler now in Dragon Gate. But I was always really fascinated with the fact because these guys were in WCW. Um, they had quite a lot of matches on Nitro. Um, I remember there's a, a, a there's there's some there's some like quite good ones. There's some really weird matches you wouldn't expect to have happened. But from that, I was like, I really like these guys. You just randomly turn up. I wonder who they are, and then it kind of got me into Tori Umon. And people recommended this match. They're going, this is the the pinnacle of Tori Umon. And now obviously, Tori Umon when you Ultimo Dragon left for WWE. They, he kind of took the Torium on name with him, and then it became Dragon Gate. So there is a lot of people who are really into Dragon Gate. I personally am not because it is so you need need such an investment into it because oh, it's yeah, literally just like well. at this point it's yeah. like 15, 20 years worth of storylines. It's like it's like jumping in. It's like jumping into a giant DC or Marvel um, comics arc exactly got, without any knowledge of the yeah. you, you know who's involved or what's going on. It's like it's very impenetrable it, sometimes. It's like exactly. I, I watched I watched season two of The Wire with my dad and he hadn't seen season one. Oh God, Oof. Christ! With Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of people really love Dragon Gate and always put it over. I I'm not too big a fan just because it is such a heavy investment. But Tori Umon. I always enjoy watching Tori Yuma matches because they're so fun and they're all over the place. And as I mentioned in the last review we did, wrestling is at its peak when it makes me feel nine years old. And there's nothing that makes me feel nine years old more than 12 masked men diving about and doing stupid comedy spots. Yes. There, there is nothing finer in life. So it it really, and as well as that, because it was a, a fatal four-way trios match, it's not something I've never seen before. I'm like, this could be an absolute disaster. And I'm like, that morbid curiosity, you want to see what happens. Um, it's like that 15 woman single fall match that was at WrestleMania 30, where they just let you put everyone in one match. Yeah, yeah. just like, what's yeah. this going to be like? Yeah, and yeah. it was actually, that was actually really, I actually was really surprised by that because obviously that was after the Undertaker streak match. So at the time when I was there, I, I didn't really... T- I was weeping in the toilet somewhere, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> but when we watched it, like, a, a couple of months later, I was like, fucking hell, this is actually... I actually really enjoy this. It's just all over uh-huh. the place, and it has that weird ramshackle charm about it. It's all being mm. held together with gaffer tape and can fall <laughs> yeah. apart at any point. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to... Following on from the great success of when we had uh, Chris Tarrant guest on the show in uh, episode five, uh, we're going to play a little game I like to call Blockbusters, and in fact, a lot of people would like to call it Blockbusters because that was actually a game show on UK TV. So we're going to play Blockbusters. But due, to copyright, gonna... but due to copyright reasons, we have to call it something else. The pure duper reason. Yes, we had to call it something else. Forget all those times I just said Blockbusters. We are, in fact, yeah. calling it... It's actually it... named after the video shop. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's fine about like... business. They, they can't yeah. afford lawyers. <laughs> Next up on BBC2, it's Shockbusters. <laughs> shock- <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with Shockbusters. 
No, I've got it. By shock, shock masters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's okay, good. <laughs> let's. So what we're going to do is David is going to act as the quiz master, and as a way of um, introducing uh, sort of the the, the performers in this uh, in this match, um, he's going to give us a brief little description, and then Daniel and I are going to have to guess who he's referring to. Um, so David, would you like to take it away? To Shockmasters, the most premium professional wrestling game show on pro wrestling only. I only say that because there's another one and we're better than that. But <laughs> <laughs> you're listening, Brainbuster. You know it. We're better than you. Oh God, no! Let's not start a fucking. <laughs> this, this, do you know this entire podcast is a vehicle for me to get Brainbuster? You do know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, welcome to Shockmasters. We have two contestants here. So we'll introduce our contestants first of all. So Daniel, take it away. Hello, hello, is that Dad? Ma'am, you're not on the Are phone, there, Daniel. Ma'am? Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm, 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 I can feel the presence in the room, Ma'am, and I thought it might have been you. <laughs> sorry, I still think of you. <laughs> that's the that's the worst thing you ever said on this podcast. <laughs> No, I mean, my mum is alive. Like, <laughs> I know, but it's just yeah. so great. We just want to say his mum and dad are shit alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out of there. So, Daniel, yeah, what do you do for alive. a living apart from nothing? Um, I, um, I, 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 I work on a uh, on a factory line and I remove <laughs> excess pastry from pot pies. <laughs> a noble profession. Well, someone's got to do it. It's not funny. I take pride in my work. And George, what do you do for a living? Corpse, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I am in fact a grave digger. No, um, what I do for a living is uh, a complex thing. It mostly involves uh, entering data onto a database and listening to Steve Wright in the afternoon, the incidental music of which is now burned onto my eardrums. <laughs> Well, it's not as good as Simon Meal. Well, that that goes without fucking saying, mate. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so we have 12 questions. All right, you know the format. So, yeah. uh, basically, I'm going to give you the first letter of the, dra- of the Tony Oman wrestler in this match and give you a fact about him. And it's up to you to figure out which one it is. First one to buzz in. You need to buzz. If you don't buzz, I'm not accepting it, okay? Oh, right. I'm going to be strict on this. Right, so... First of all, so which C once had a match on Nitro with Ernest Miller? Buzz. George? Um, is it a trick question because he was actually called Shima with an S at that time? Oh, yeah, you're correct. It's the same person. Congratulations. Oh, You've won oh, 10 oh, points. I think I should have more than 10 for that. Come on. I've called into right, basis well, the very foundation right, of the question. Okay, okay. QI rules will give you extra points. You have now have 15 points, okay? Well, 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 hey. well, this is a fix. Hey, so. there we go. So, 
Your next one. Which Y was originally named Sexy Tarzan? I've forgotten everyone that was in the match. Um, <laughs> I've got it written in front of me, so I think I've got an inbuilt advantage. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Buzz. You bring your notes up. Right, you can buzz in while Daniel brings up his fucking notes that we've prepared for this. What is it? Um, Wh- is, where are the notes? Is it Yosino? <laughs> it is, indeed. And oh. it's in the Facebook conversation, Daniel. Come on, fuck. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't been using any. I didn't know they were there. Okay, Shh, we, we, we're giving them the magic behind the game. They can't know this is a work. <laughs> it's like those crooked 50s American game shows. <laughs> Are you wanting me to just ask George? I've already built up a healthy twenty-five point lead on you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you're, just, 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 you're just pre- ask George. You're pretty much Celtic at this point, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So which T was a member of the Dancing Fools with Alex Wright? <gasps> Fuck! Stop <laughs> fucking looking at it, George. I can see your webcam. <laughs> Come on, Daniel, you know this. You know this. I know I, know I do. Fuck, fucking, um... Come on. Uh, Come on but I've forgotten who you've said in the match. Alex Wright. I've buzzed you, cunt. Fuck off. Right, uh, yeah, on you go. Is, uh, it, is it Tokyo Magnum or Magnum Tokyo? Yeah, of course it, it is. It is yeah. indeed Tokyo Magnum. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. So, the next one. Which M wears lavish coats and has an invisible dog called Makeru? This is a. Uh, uh, you got a buzz. You got a buzz? Oh, oh, buzz! Right, okay, right. Uh, I can't even remember if he's in the match because I've not got the list in front of me, but is it Masaki Mochizuki? He is actually in the match, but you're un- incredibly wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is Milano Collection AT. Oh, God. Who, of course, now wants to get punted in the eye by Gado and is now technically blind and now commentates on New Japan programmes. Which G is now in the Jimmies? Uh, Buzz. Yep. Uh, shit. Oh, no, is it Genki Horiguchi? Yes, 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 well done. Come on, on come on. Up the mark. Back in the game. Right, this one, this one I really liked. Okay, so, (laughs) you're going to have to listen to the full question for this one, right? Okay. So which D won the Copper Higher Power in 1998 alongside Judo Suwa, Leglila, Magnum Tokyo, Ryo Saita, Shima Nobunaga and Ultimo Dragon in IWRG? Buzz. There you go. Don Fuji. Yes, indeed Don Come Fuji. on! Well done, come on. Here we go. Back in the game. Coming right. up the rear. Here we go. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Sorry. I was on University <laughs> Challenge. I, sh- I shouldn't be letting him in this game. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Which C was a rugby player? I'll also take his non. Um, oh, uh, Buzz, here. Buzz. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Kondoti Shuji, also known as Shuji Kondo. That's the one, yep. Well done. Congratulations. Okay. Um, which K is an alcoholic who is a fanatic fan of the Hanshin Tigers baseball team and looks Buzz. like a janitor? Buzz. Uh, is it my dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you the points for that. It's not the right answer. Sake. I'm going to give you the points for that because I want you to win. 
this is the working class here. I'm fighting for the working class. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm literally doing this without the notes as well. I've deliberately decided to do it without, even though I've got access to them now. I, think I mean, do, do you being... do you mean to imply, you impertinent mountebank, that I'm not working class? <laughs> You're from the fucking south and you know it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the actual answer is Kenichiro arrive. He does look like a janitor, no. but he also looks at like your dad. So there we go. No, no, I was just going to say um, the fundamental um, um, distinguishing factor between um, dads and other um, relations, obviously, is that my dad sells Avon. <laughs> 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 you popped out four people there. Uh, yeah. No. Which D once had a match which was actually really quite good with Eddie Guerrero or Nitro? Buzz. Buzz. Oh, Daniel got in first. <laughs> Fuck you! Dragon, <laughs> Dragon Kid. It is the Dragon Kid. Come on! Come on! Come on! Right. Come on, you buddy! <laughs> right, okay, so what we've got. Right. Which S was a backing dancer for Tokyo Magnum? Buzz. Oh, I forgot. Uh, is he's buzzed, bastard. My buzz was um, my buzz was audible. Um, right, it was super. audible buzz. Yes, uh, it's uh, much as okay. Right. Which of these competitors was wrestling before Todd Yumon? Ooh. He, oh, it starts with M, anyway. <laughs> This is the worst quick fire round of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buzz. Yeah, there we go. Was it? Uh. Because I got this one wrong last time. Yes. Is this Masaki Machizuki? It is Masaki Machizuki, who is out before Toriyumon. He's the only one who predates. There we um, go. What else do we have? I think we have a couple. Um, right, we've done that, I've done that, we've done that. Um, Buzz. No. <laughs> you're just... But you're just <laughs> that's, no, that's no, 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 no. I'm buzzing in. It's Susumu Yokosuka, because he's the only one he's not done yet. No, I, did, oh, I literally did him two minutes ago, you fucking pie. No, I thought you said um, Suwa. Oh, right, you were wrong then. Daniel Buzz. <laughs> Have you given me points on the false pretenses? <laughs> uh, buzz, Buzz, Go on, say it. I've completely forgotten who you said. Do you say Susumu? <laughs> yes, it is Susumu, yes. <laughs> no, you say... I thought you said Susumu and gave you the points. You can fuck off. I'm going into Daniel, right? Okay. Um, this is this is basically now the storming of the Winter is, Palace. There uh, is, like, one left, and I'm trying to figure out who it was, right? Um, uh, now you've done everyone. I've done everyone, Okay. Right, for bonus points, can you name one of the two people in here who were, who featured in Wrestling Society X? Ooh, God. Because <laughs> I didn't no, know this. I've no fucking idea. Um, it's not... It's, was Shuji Kondo in it? Buzz, was Shuji Kondo in it? Yeah, see, was he? Uh, he fuck, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Oh, damn it. Oh, um, 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 I, Buzz, 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 yep. Buzz, I think I did, um... Um, I forgot. Is it Yoshino? Yes, it is Yoshino. Yes, he was in. <gasps> yes. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Yoshino as well as Genki Horiguchi were in Wrestling Society X. Oh, that's the other one, wasn't it? Amazing. And actually, yeah, there yeah. is one that I've not said so far, right? Okay, so who fought Kenta and Noah for the Junior Heavyweight Championship in 2005 and was disqualified for using a foreign object? I've probably seen this match as well. It is really good. Some have mentioned, some have mentioned it on Facebook. Not on our group, but they mentioned it like last week. Um, oh, fuck. I've forgotten all the list of people again. Um, I've, I've literally got the names in front of me. I'm still and losing. Still, and you yeah. still can't remember? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I can... It could... Oh. Is it, it's it not Yokosuka? It's not. 
It's not Yokosuka. It's not, no. It's, is it? it's Buzz. It's, it's not uh, a Mochizuki again, is it? Masa it's not. No? It's Suwa. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Actually, um, Suwa did one of my... Uh, probably one of my favourite promos of all time. He did a tour of uh, the UK a few years yeah. after this. And he recorded this promo where he said uh, the UK wrestling scene was uh, uh, full of, and I quote, many, many skinny guy who need necessary training, understand? <laughs> now, to be fair, at that time, he was absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just tallying up the points. I mean, you know how you said about people having Steve Wright jingles in your heads? Well, people are going to have the fucking theme from Blockbusters in their heads so much because it's going to be looping for like 10 minutes. Um... <laughs> I'm going to say that due to class superiority, um, Daniel mm -hmm. won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a fair cop. Congratulations. Yeah. That was a fantastic yeah. comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, the working class always win. Exactly. It just takes a very fucking long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, I think before I start doing the rundown of the match, Daniel, didn't you see some of these lads in uh, in the UK once? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Who uh, was it? Me, and, uh, me and the mysterious Gary um, went to see... Um, Dragon Gate when it was in um oh what was the Broxbourne uh, yeah Broxbourne I think it was oh yeah, the Broxbourne Civic Hall indeed the very same the uh, 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 the um the, the Corican of um <laughs> of, uh, of of the South um I'll tell you what mind you it was a really really nice show that um because um uh, a lot of the shows that um that I've 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 been to in the recent years have been down in London. Um, and it's been at places like uh, York Hall, um, that that kind of uh, place. Uh, that's where I first met George. As we recounted in, in, in another show. Um, and to be honest, like um, the, the thing that gets me a little bit about York Hall sometimes is that it it, it is a venue that's quite famous, and it's um, often used for other events. Like it's famously used for boxing. A lot of amateur boxing happens at York Hall and things like that. There's a lot of other big events, and they have security on the door, which um, is I think quite unnecessary. Uh, a lot of the times, given that it is just a bunch of wrestling fans going to have a good night. Um, and um, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm usually saying this because I'm trying to sneak in some kind of contraband cheap alcohol because this is London and it's like four pounds for a bottle of warm plastic like uh, beer uh, that you get at the fucking, uh, you know, the counter. So that, that is my gripe. But uh, Broxbourne was lovely because it's just, this, it's literally just a leisure centre. Um, you know, like, um, uh, uh, and, and uh, to give people um, the, an idea of what that's like that are from America, uh, it's probably uh, kind of similar to what I guess like VFW halls are like in, in America yeah. in some ways. There's mm. like a big hall um, there. Um, there's usually bits where people can go and play like different sports. There might be like a room where you can play squash or like uh, badminton or, or whatever. There's sometimes like a basketball court or, or an indoor like five-a-side football thing or whatever. Um, and it was basically um, just in this little leisure centre and it had um, a bunch of um, uh, uh, seating, uh, sort of tiered seating on, on one side and then just bits around. Basically, anywhere you sat, you got a great view of, uh, of the action. Um, and it was just a, a little Dragon Gate show. Um, and I'll be honest, I never know how this can possibly make any money uh, for Japanese companies, given the what the, how much the flights must cost and, and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm never sure... Because it wasn't as if it's a big capacity place or anything, but it was a great show, um, headlined by Ricochet versus Tozawa, um, which was a great match. Really just, uh, you know, uh, uh, full throttle, um, uh, loads of charisma from both guys and, and really good fun. Yeah, um, other other guys on the show as well were um, Yoshino was on the show. Uh, my favourite Dragon Gate guy, Yamato, was on the show. BXB Hulk was on it. Ashima was on it as well. Um, so um, a lot of, like, the, the big names uh, from Dragon Gate at that time. Poor, poor um, Apollo Crews. Um, it, it, it is 
previous incarnation as well as Uha Nation uh, was was on there as well. So yeah, some some really big names, and it was a, a really good show. But very strange to see it in a in a leisure centre in in Broxbourne. Uh, but a really nice show in in a good place. Yeah, good fun. Yeah. Um. So um, I think we start just coming out. Um. I've I've made a few. Uh, basically, when people come out for a match, I always make a few notes on their appearance. I realise it's very shallow of me, but um, what I've got is Yoshino looks like a mini Yoshihiro Takeyama. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, Genki Horiguchi is not yet bald. In fact, being bald is now his gimmick. Yes, can psychology <laughs> as is known. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, in fact, we'll get to the psychology of baldness um, later. <laughs> Sounds like something Verso would, would release. Um, but... or, something, or something Larry David would complain about. <laughs> but, um, Next the on BBC4, the psychology of baldness. Featuring <laughs> Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> what, I've, what I've got here, also noted, Crazy Max, which is a Seema, Don Fuji, and Sewer, for those keeping count at home. Uh, they all have a pose where they show their titties, and I've uh, <laughs> no idea why this would be. Um, but um, th- this sort of stuff aside, I had this moment where I was like, okay, so there's um, there's 12 people in the match, but so, you know, four teams, it's a four-way, and I assumed it'd be like one of those matches where um like teams tagging in and out and there's only actually two teams actually active in the match at any one time and then i've just got written in capitals oh god there's four guys in at once as if i didn't think this would be any enough of a fucking nightmare to keep track of like jesus christ um so i'll just basically i'll just go through what i've got noted down and you guys jump in at, jump in at i thought point. you were going to be an utter prick and go so david do you want to run through your play-by-play of this match your play-by-play is just the words fuck off in like size 72 yeah my first two notes were oh my god why did i pick this and if i did play-by-play for this it would take five hours which it already is so let's <laughs> yeah um so um yeah horiguchi opens for some reason by doing a sort of zombie head tilt and tags in magnum who pretty much immediately gets triple stomped <laughs> which which is you know if we maintain that the double foot stomp is silly then surely three stomps would be 50 percent sillier <laughs> now um he, yeah he avoids a triple drop kick we'll see a lot of moves uh done by multiple people at once in this match runs wild a bit um there's a really nice combo early on uh where milano monkey flips magnum tokyo into sewer who then drop kicks him and then as um, he staggers backwards, uh, Milano gets a sunset flip on Magnum. Now, this sort of sets the template for what you expect in this match. It's not one of your WWE triple threats where they sort of rotate in and out. Like, all right, we're in the ring for a few minutes and you're selling on the outside. And then, all right, now you sell on the outside and we'll do some spots. This is lots of, um, you know, quite inventive spots involving multiple people which have a great deal of technical difficulty to them and you know, the athleticism yeah. needed to pull this stuff up, uh, off is pretty outstanding. Case in point, uh, Dragon Kid does that sort of... We mentioned it when talking about uh, Ibushi and Yoshihiko, actually, the um, the uh, Deja Vu head scissors, where it's sort of like a hurricane runner but you're facing downwards rather than upwards as you're doing it. Mm. Um, yeah. He does that, but as he's doing it, he transfers from person to person. so he starts off head scissoring one dude and then he sort of flips off him and and finishes the head scissors on another bloke Um, absolutely ridiculous stuff already to start off Dragon Kid's still wrestling yeah Yeah. a lot of these people are still active wrestlers Um, most of them in uh, Dragon Gate Um, like Yoshino is uh, Dragon Dragon Kid Yoshino's still good as well Don Fuji he's 
Oh, I love Doctor. He's still Fuji. wrestling. He's like my a, favorite Dragon Gate guy. Uh, Sasuke. Like, um, yeah. Shuji uh, Kondo. Like, in fact, actually looking at it, aside from uh, Milano and Sua, who had to retire due to injury, and I don't think Magnum Tokyo wrestles anymore. Uh, no, Magnum matches... had an injury as well. He retired due to injury. Did he? Well. Right. Yeah. Uh, everyone in this match is still wrestling. Which, considering yeah. like 14 years on from this, of doing this style, yeah. is, um, is, is something quite remarkable. Um, alliances get made and, and broken on the reg in this, which actually is a nice microcosm of how Dragon Gate actually oh, uh, books. Yeah, yeah. You know, with exactly. their stable warfare, you'll have stables being dissolved and um and reformed with new people um all the yeah. time it's actually one of their big stipulation matches is a losing alliance must disband tag team match yeah mm. and they, yeah. They, they, they get really heated they like if people people it's, it's a lot more like a football team it's like imagine mm. if you went to like for example if you went to city versus united and the loser mm. must disband forever like you would never see Vance <laughs> again, and people really, people really get behind it, and they don't want their team to lose, even though those people are going to be there still. It's just a yeah. if, if 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 that if that was an actual stipulation, I'd end up in prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can only hope they do that for Rangers and Celtic. Although to be fair, that that's already happened. So. <laughs> yeah, Craig White and tickets are sort of that. Baba oh. comes in to make the save for Celtic right at the end. <laughs> It's okay, lads. I've got some Semtex and a shipment from Libya. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so, so the, the unit disbands match is a really big thing because people really get behind their unit and that is their yeah. team. So them losing mm. is, is a really, really big thing. So those yeah. matches are really, really heated. And a lot of the time you find that if people who are into Dragon Gate, because mm. it's such a heavy investment, you've seen like, these people grow over like 10, 15 years. Seeing as unit disband, it like they regularly make like the top of the match of the year list at like, the very the very upper echelon just because mm-hmm. they are you know they are so emotionally um, draining like <laughs> really emotionally draining they take a lot out of you um, to be watching yeah. them so yeah and and sometimes basically what happens is the the losing faction will splinter it's like when uh, blood generation. Uh, split up. Half of them went on to become uh, the Blood Generation brackets Marxist-Leninists, and uh, the others <laughs> went on to become uh, Blood Generation brackets Marxists. So an uh, important yeah. distinction to make there, and of course they got merged in two subtly different shades of red. Uh, yeah, interesting like, uh, angle like, there. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you, you, you I will notice. By the way, we should mention uh, Italian connection as a as a, as a gimmick. What the fuck's going on here? I'm not sure, really, because quite often, um, uh, because I'm, I'm not someone that's been to Japan, um, and because the only Japanese culture that I, I imbibe is, is through kind of um, like films and wrestling and, um, and, and music and things like that, um, and I can't read Japanese or, or anything like that, um, I do often find that there'll be these kind of um, these gimmicks used in wrestling or these kind of cultural references that appear to me to like come out come out of nowhere. But then again... It's no stuff, you know. Look, like uh, British lads, um, uh, you know, in the uh, in in the eighties or, uh, or whatever, that were going abroad um, to, to football matches and coming back with a load of like Italian high chic sports clobber and stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm guessing maybe it might come from something to do with like just and being into Italian chic or Italian. Yeah, you know, but I'm not sure where it comes from. Like, I don't know if that's a, a big thing in Japan or if that's like um, I, just this gimmick. Like, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it is. The idea is that they're sort of stylish guys, and mm. so they then they will take on Italian names. Actually, I've no idea what the fuck Milano Collection AT's actual name is. I know AT are his initials, 
but he's mm. he's just always uh, always uh, Milano. Uh, that that feud he had with uh, Internazionale was uh, was fucking great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, is it, not is quite like sure. CM, is it like a CM Punk thing where it's like he he, he leaves it open to interpretation? You know, because yeah. like CM Punk's never properly said, has he? I don't think. No, what, my my, my favorite interpretation of that was when he uh, he uh, accidentally shat on the floor uh, during SmackDown, <laughs> and someone um, mooted that CM yeah. might stand for curl on malfunction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so uh, Yusino of Italian Connection, uh, he is the skinniest man alive in this match. He makes Zack Sabre Jr. look like Ken Patera, and um, <laughs> this probably explains why he is so fast. Fucking hell. This man can move. It's it's like you know you, you get some people who are they're known for being being pretty nifty. This guy is yeah. just something else. Like I have no doubt if this bloke had wanted to, he could have been like a top class sprinter. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 no doubt. Like no doubt. Yeah. And uh, but instead he, uh, you know, he could have been in the in uh, Japan's Olympic team going out in the uh, heats of the four by one hundred relay. <laughs> but instead, um, him and uh, him and. Uh, uh, Daniel's dad, Kenichiro Arai, uh, work Horiguchi's <laughs> hair. Now, this is the first... Because Horiguchi, now, as, as I've said, um, he is bald. That's part of his gimmick. The fans actually chant uh, Hage at him, which means bald mm. in Japanese. Oh, okay, um, right, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is the first attempt I've ever seen, he's going a bit thin on top, at working a receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, could, like, you could easily work this into Dean Ambrose matches on the SmackDown. Yeah, that's all I'm totally, saying. yeah, yeah. Or perhaps, perhaps matches involving uh, Norwich's one-time keeper, Brian Gunn. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Horiguchi is taking the proverbial 7-1 opening day home defeat to Colchester United here. That's, uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so basically, what well, I love this, because in wrestling, um, I love working of weird body parts, you know what I mean? Like, um, there was a G1 match a couple of years ago where... Uh, Toriano sort of grabbed Carl uh, Anderson's ears, yeah, and Carl yeah. Anderson sold it, and he was selling his ears. But it wasn't a long match, obviously, because it's fucking Yano. But uh, Anderson sold his ears for the rest of the match. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end of like the, the brutal end of the spectrum, my favorite um, working of a bizarre thing is uh, is just the uh, the horrible cut in the hand in the the, the hotter uh, Kong match. Oh uh, God! Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, see so, like open flesh. It's not. It's, yeah. It's a so gouge. If, if, if working a weird point of the body, like or an expected point of the body, is like a spectrum, this is on one end, and then we've got that maybe at the extreme end as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I would recommend that. that I would recommend that match wholeheartedly. It is harrowing yeah. though. Um, yeah, Sewer basically spends all this time. Uh, the hair work is happening, but just bouncing up and down in the corner until it's time for the sort of. Uh, you know, like the the indie standoff that every indie match has, where they do a sequence and yeah, then they sort yeah. of stare each other down. And everyone goes, "Oh!" Basically, they do that, but with uh, four people. And then, apropos of nothing, everyone decides to simultaneously. I, I laughed so hard at this. Basically, everyone, as if um, as if uh, Paul Ellering has only programmed one mind, that they're all uh, they're all sharing it. They decide <laughs> to all get out of the ring at the same time and brawl on the outside. Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is pretty great and. Like I say, like, uh, Toriyaman slash Dragon Gate is not the most serious style of wrestling in the world, though it does get really emotionally charged. Yeah, as no, this is, these big losing this is the thing is that, matches. Yeah, like, I mean, this is the thing about it, is that I think um, there's a lot of people um, who kind of these days, maybe if they have a similar taste to some of the stuff I was talking about earlier, like, that I like, a lot of the older, um, a lot of the older stuff, they, um, 
they really find it hard to get into. They find it as hard to get into Toromon or Dragon Gate uh, later on stuff um, as people that are into that style find it to get into, uh, you know, I don't know, a Luthez match or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, cause it's, they find it kind of so difficult. I'm, as I say, I, I try and watch wrestling in context, and there are certain contexts that I feel are more suited to my sensibilities than others. But, yes. um, uh, but when I watch a match like this, I like to give myself over to the internal logic of the, the, the promotion and, and what's going on in it. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, like um, I mean, I think that's um, that, that that's maybe something we can talk about um, in a moment. But that just reminded me what you said there of that how there is that, that 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 some people that listen to this might be find this as strange a watch as maybe some people were or uncomfortable to watch as the as the, as the Bockwinkle Robinson match for others. After that, um, things get very silly as um, Seema for some reason everyone decides to have a so basically everyone who's not on his team decides to have a nine man clothesline train on him in the corner <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> They, they, it's basically like that scene in Airplane where the uh, the woman gets hysterical, and they're sort of lining up to uh, try and snap her out of it. It's the clothesline express, Michael. This <laughs> <laughs> is Zado and Raw all over again with the uppercuts. Is is amazing, and it yeah. looks like I picked a bad day to stop sniffing glue. Oh man! <laughs> but like, and then then it it breaks down into multiple clothesline trains, after which. Um, <laughs> Uh, Horiguchi and Susumu get in a chest slap war with Don Fuji. Now, if you if you watch mm. current Dragon Gate, um, Don Fuji is basically in the uh, Genichiro Tenryu uh, or Latter Day Junakiyama mold yeah. of being a salty yeah. old man. Uh, this mm. does not go very well for either Horiguchi or Susumu because Don Fuji can slap your chest like a bastard. <laughs> mm. Yes, serious, like serious, it's, yeah. Ah, uh, it's 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 so good. Like, um, then, um, yeah. Then for some reason, Magnum Tokyo, who's basically who's giving it that basically he was a dancing fool, comes in and wrecks <laughs> absolutely wrecks Fuji's shit. Um, mm. and uh, f- then uh, things go a little bit south for old Don. Uh, he fights back and starts slapping three guys at once, and then uh, Shin M2K, the champions all come in and start slapping him. <laughs> then the Italians come in <laughs> and uh, uh, fresh from eating their pasta fazool and uh, start <laughs> having, a, having a go on him until you know, <laughs> Fuji gets a bit cowed like this and his partners give him a little bit, bit of a pep talk and they're like, get back in there, yeah. you you coward, and fight nine actual men at once. <laughs> this is like, yeah. we call yeah. this ritual crossing the desert. Yeah. <laughs> we call this ritual the unblinking eye. Yeah. And you can bring your fucking dinner as well. <laughs> and um, it's, a, it's which... a John Sitton-esque rallying call. Like, that's what occurs here. Right. After which Fuji fires up and uh, gets a. I I I I'm my Greek's not great, so uh, or whatever fucking language it is that you used to work these things out. But uh, a non-tuple drop kick, <laughs> I think it's cool. Like obviously, some of them do not even get close to hitting them, him. It's more of a visual effect. I'd be very impressed yeah. if they sort of worked out beforehand. It's like. All right, mate. So you you kick him in the head. All right, I'll drop kick his left shoulder. You can go for his right arm. And like, I'd be very impressed if they all managed to get contact with him, uh, drop kicking him at once. But like I say, like even if the work isn't like the smoothest in, uh, although it, it's executed very well. But even if some of the spots break the suspension of disbelief, obviously, like as we said with the Bushi vs Yoshihiko in the context of the promotion, as you were saying, Daniel, that thing doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm sure that, like, um, maybe um, maybe David's got, like, um, as much to say uh, about this as, as any of us, but, like, um, at this point, because uh, I, I was thinking when I, 
Well, I, I have the, the main concern I had about this match was um, just as we sort of touched on at the start, thinking that it, it might be this enormous clusterfuck, right? And I think that for a lot of people, they'll watch this and they might think that it is. But I think that actually um, there's there's a hell of a lot of, um, maybe it's not all pre-planned, a lot of it might be improvisatory, but there's a hell of a lot of, um, of very complicated stuff be, being done here. Yeah. And stuff that, that does work in terms of the way, because I, I didn't know a huge amount, I, mean, I know a lot of the guys in this match from their later career and stuff, um, but at, at this time, I wasn't watching this at the time, I wasn't really even getting tapes of this at the time or anything really, um, so I was basically, again, looking at the internal logic of, of this match and, and uh, how the character, and there was still, despite all this stuff going on, there was still enough room in there for me to understand a little bit about character, um, a little bit about each team's kind of where they were in the pecking order and things like that, um, as well as all the chaos as well. So I think that's that's to be commended. Like, um, you know. The spot that really stuck out for me was the 11 man submission move, where like, I think it's an armbar yeah. he does. He does yes, I was just about to, to mention that, yeah. And, and then somebody grabs him in a move, uh, grabs his leg or something like that, and then somebody grabs the other guy, and he turns into this big kaleidoscopic that family tree it's... sort of thing. We have getting people mm, yeah. just all over the place, uh, doing holds on each other. It, it's, it, it's incredible. Just the, this year, like... It looks it, like an orgy in a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Just like there's <laughs> limb, limbs intertwined with each other. Sounds all right to me. I'd really like to find out like if they have any road agents or anybody that are people like you, yeah. they always mention about like um, the young bucks is it Nick Jackson Nick Jackson has like a a scientific mind for like wrestling for wrestling and for matches and he knows how to structure a match and um he um like they, they always talk about when they do like the, for example the the one in Bola last year it was him that kind yeah. of organised all the spots you know the six man I think it's Osprey Ricochet and Seidel against um, the the Bullet Club and he's the one who organised all these spots and was able to say, right, we'll do this here, we'll do this here, you need to be there. And he has a great mind. And I'd love to see who was it that, that fought this up? Who fought, who was the person that kind of structured all this together? Because obviously you can have ideas and kind of build on them, but somebody's had to, you know, try and coordinate this into a match. Yeah. And it seems like the most impossible task of all time. It's 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 so different from because like Bockwinkle Robinson, you can tell they just called that. Yeah. Like for they, I I I doubt they had any spots planned at all for that. No. Uh, other than no, like we're gonna have a time limit draw, and you know, yeah, yeah, the they, they, they maybe the they may they maybe had an idea of the finish, yeah, and maybe yeah. maybe a vague idea of like you know, um, okay, so at the start we'll we'll work this part and then we'll build up and. But other than that, I can't imagine they had too many specifics. No, whereas here, you can tell there's a lot of structuring goes into this. But like you say, yeah. David, it's not just a collection of spots. Like, the, there's a flow to it, and there's a logic, and there's, a, there's some really good character work. Uh, one thing I enjoyed, actually, just before this, uh, the weird uh, MC Escher submission train, um, uh, <laughs> there's a bit where Susumu gets Yusino up for a delayed suplex. And rather than uh, saving him from this, bearing in mind that they're on the same team, um, Kondo, uh, or Kondo Shuji as he is in this, decides to grab Dragon Kid. So instead of saving his partner, he decides, I'm going to have a delayed vertical suplex dick-waving contest with uh, Yokosuka. <laughs> and uh, so they basically, they've both got a guy up in the air trying to compete to see who can hold them up in the air for the longest time, which I think is a very cool variation on the sort of power spot that you see people like um, uh, Dave Mastiff or, or Brian Cage, people like Ryback that doing. Ryback and Elgin do that quite a bit as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, but Ry- yeah. Ryback's not actually that strong, so he can only do it for like 10 seconds. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because he, cause he's, all, he's, he's all roids and no muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a shoot. Um, yeah. I know he's a podcaster as well now, so uh, I like yeah. to think he casts his net wide in terms of listening material. Um, yeah. The best part about this is not only do they do the, do they do the spot, Kondo blinks first and uh, and falls over, and then Suzumo just dumps Dragon Kid onto him while he's on the ground. <laughs> which uh, which I I think is just abso- absolutely uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, things get really fucking mad uh, if you can imagine that after this. Um, uh, Ryo Saito, who is um, uh, was a friend of uh, Genki Horiguchi in storyline, and they still tag together. Actually, this mm. is one of the relationships in Dragon Gate that has really transcended all these um, these faction um, formations and uh, disbandings or what have you. Um, he gets on the apron with a loud hailer to try and fire Horiguchi up. <laughs> Instead, it doesn't work, and Sewer uses it to twat people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Classic Chekhov's gun style. As soon as that <laughs> comes out. I- you know, I'm thinking, right, here we go. Like <laughs> it's Jimmy Hart all over again. <laughs> yeah. The the um the uh <laughs> there's a lot of perfectly symmetrical violence um ensues. There there's uh six sunset flips at once. <laughs> yes. I seen that uh, yeah, and they all kick out at the same time. Yeah, it's Chicago does a lot of spots like this as well, actually. There's a um three backdrops at once. Then there's uh, the Italian connection get their submissions in simultaneously on Do Fixer. So, and I've got this in capitals. A little person in a monkey suit comes in and starts kicking them. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm not making this up. The best part about this is that is that everyone sells it like like Goldberg's come in and starts clearing house. The monkey the monkey man runs off, and then and Yusino stops the other Italians from running after him as if to say, "Let's fucking realise when we're beaten, lads." We can't compete with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Dust yourselves off. We'll live to fight for the day, boys. Come on. Right. What, Today's what, our day. What I love about I love about watching old wrestling is just uh, like you can sort of appreciate the angle. Okay, okay, this team is on one side, this team's on the other, and then sometimes a random run-in happens, and uh, and you, you don't, don't know who they're involved. Yeah, exactly. You've no idea who they are. <laughs> You've never seen them before in your life. My favorite example of these, although it was involving people that were familiar to me, was I. I sort of for a brief period, early two thousand and two, I stopped watching wrestling, and then I got back into it when uh, SmackDown Shut Your Mouth came out on the PS two. So there was a match I they did on Raw, and I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. It was uh, Hogan versus Flair before mm-hmm. they did that arena filling tour of Australia many years later. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Hogan, it was Hogan and Flair for the title, and uh, with Hogan putting the belt on the line. And then about uh, six or seven minutes in, fucking Bradshaw does a run in. <laughs> yeah. Isn't JBL like main eventer Texan? Cowboy, this is like APA, like tank <gasps> division guy Bradshaw just comes and does a run in, and then X Pac turns up. And <laughs> I wasn't watching at the time, so I've no idea what the storylines were. I'm watching this yeah. back a couple of years ago. I was like, why the fuck did Bradshaw and X Pac just do a run in on the Hogan versus Flair? But you see, on the on the uh, on the Bradshaw thing, right? Um, I don't know if I've I've I've, I've said this before, but um. At a certain point, um, where when Bradshaw begun his uh, his 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 rise to uh, the main event scene, right, um, and and holding titles and uh, major titles and things, um, because he was on SmackDown, wasn't he? Um, I think for a large period of time. Yes, I think that's yes, right. he was. But I'd um, I'd pretty much stopped watching WWF. I'd I'd stopped watching wrestling 
um, um, in terms of lots of other promotions as well. I was only really keeping up with kind of at that point at the end of the year. Um, I'd, I'd, because I think I was at university at that point, maybe. Um, I'd, um, I'd kind of uh, look at the end of the year, see what the matches of the year were, um, check maybe some of those out. Uh, always watch WrestleMania, uh, that kind of stuff. Some of the big uh, Japanese shows, but mm. I wasn't keeping up with huge amounts. Certainly not with WWF. Did look at any gossip. Never read the Observer or anything like that. Um, not even any websites or anything. And at one point, I remember, I think I was watching a WrestleMania, and I can't remember which one it was, but I had no idea that Bradshaw had ascended to such heights. <laughs> the last time I'd seen him, when he was, when he was still in the APA, and I thought, at best, he's probably still rinsing that gimmick, or he's maybe uh, sort of, uh, you know, occasionally being wheeled out in, in a similar way to sort of how someone like Mark Henry is today. Yeah. I thought maybe, maybe he's a bit broken down, but he's still got a bit of cash, a bit of popularity. He's a big hitting guy. And then I was watching it, and the, 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 his music came on. His music, I think, it's a great theme, Bradshaw's uh, yeah. uh, theme. And, and who should come out but fucking Bradshaw in this, like, you know, um, uh, very much sort of based on his real-life uh, uh, gimmick as a kind of horrendous, like, you know, um, uh, sort of um, uh, uh, market-obsessed, like, libertarian. Um, I, 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 my mind was... Comp- and it, not only that, but he had one of the major straps in the company. And yeah, it, and, 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 like, run with it. Yeah, and people were like totally accepting of this, and it wasn't satire. Like, and it blew my fucking and mind. And then they but mentioned never... it was like the it was like his ten, ten, tenth month of yeah, his reign. Yeah, and... like, yeah, they were like, oh, and, and, and now now he's on like his sixth defense or something. And I was like, hang on, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is Bradshaw. Yeah, like you know, like come on now, like you know, like if if, if I want a fucking shitty Stan Hansen rip off, like I can, there's others. <laughs> Yeah, I'm better. Like, but you know, I say Joe Joe Doring in all Japan is like ten times the Stan Hansen rip off that uh, Bradshaw yeah. will ever be. Um, oh, yeah, I actually quite like it. Well, the the, the, the spot I wanted to mention was the the twelve man suplex. I was literally, as, I've I've got written here a sextuple suplex, which is so fun to say. Try it at home. <laughs> I mean, I love the sextuple suplex. You're right. This is great. Yeah. It's, great. Um, it's like where one where somebody goes for the suplex, and then the other guy blocks it. So somebody else comes to help him, and then another team member help goes to help the one, and they just keep evening up the odds until it goes to the six. <laughs> yeah, it. They all go over. Yeah. They did one of those at Eve with like Mako Satamura was doing one of these multiple suplex ones, which was just such such a bizarre thing. Absolutely loved it. Um, mm, it, yeah, yeah. it gets to such heights in this one that there's barely enough space in the ring for everyone to sort of link arms and do the suplex. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Oh man, like, but I, I I like this though because at this point it's a bit like what David referred to before, right? This is basically stretching the conventions of of of, of what is acceptable um, in in some ways, or certainly visually, like what because th- these spots now with um, the likes of Shikara do them a lot, PWG, you get them even in WWE now now and again sometimes where you'll have like you know multiple people locking on one thing so as it creates this big sort of human centipede type you know monstrosity, yeah, like, and. And like that's to become a conventional kind of indie, indie-rific or quirky kind of thing to do now. But like, it's important to remember that like Toruman was 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 repping that shit like years before. Two thousand three, like, this matches. Yeah, when you yeah, watch yeah, it, yeah. Like, I bear that in mind. Um, you know, yeah. two thousand three, when fucking exactly. Like, you know, look at the stuff that was. You know, WWE's developmental at the time was full of people like Heidenreich and Snitsky yeah. and uh, and yeah. Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's like it's all. That's another thing that's important to me as well. Is it's like there may be certain things not not this because I, I love this, but um, for example, if I was just like I'm not really a big PWG guy, um, just because like. 
the way they kind of structure wrestling matches to me is it's it doesn't really have very much unless you've got like there's, there's rare you know occasions where they have like you know um uh where they had like the Thatcher and Hero or some Drew Drew Gulak or, yeah. or, or Drew uh, or Drew Galloway or something like that who comes in and brings like a real presence to, to things. But mm. for the most part, I find that when guys go there, they modify their style the other way so that they they are trying to get pops from the PWG audience, which yeah. is fine because that's that's what they're meant they're meant to be in it. That's yeah. their first job is to entertain their audience. I'm cool with that. But as a viewer. It kind of, it's just not a style that really grabs me that much, you know, like uh, it, it kind of bores me a little bit. Uh, but for example, when I watch it in this context, w- w- when I'm watching it in 2003, where, where <laughs> it was kind of very original at this point, I, you know, that totally works for me. Like, uh, you know, because it's not uh, overplayed or worn out by this point, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it, trying to stretch this convention. It's profoundly groundbreaking. There are, there are a few botches in there. There's a. Yeah. Missed arm drag by Dragon Kid at one point. Uh, Sasumi whiffs a springboard drop kick. There's a um, kick near the end by Magnum uh, Tokyo, like a spin kick, which like so blatantly misses. But this kind of reminds me of. I remember the uh, watching at the London Olympics the uh, the simultane- uh, the uh, synchronized diving mm. and and the Chinese pair like won because of, obviously of course they did and um, they were just doing these like really technically amazing dives that were just completely perfect and. Uh, the silver medal was uh, won by Mexico, and uh, which doesn't have like the best pedigree in that sport. But the thing is, these two Mexican lads, uh, they were a bit rough around the edges. They weren't as technically precise as the Chinese, but they were doing these absolute mad shit dives that no one else was even attempting. And so they picked up points with from the judges because of the high difficulty. And so they yeah. ended up getting a silver because on the night, and this might not be the case another day, but the match shit that they were doing, you know, they pulled it out of the bag. And this, that's what this match kind of reminds me of. Some of it is a b- bit rough around the edges, but at the same time, to think of people look at, um, yeah, stuff like that PWG match and say, well, Jesus Christ, how great is the athleticism of that? Or someone like Will Ospreay, mm. who you know, I like a great deal, yeah. but like these guys are doing that sort of stuff close to a decade and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty impressive when you think about it like that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so just going towards the uh, just going towards the, uh, the when the eliminations start happening, things happen a bit thick and fast. All four teams are in this match um, for quite a long time. Uh, so Dragon Kid's the first to go. Actually, at one point before that, as if it wasn't hard enough to keep up anyway, Sewer loses his shirt. Oh God! He's like, <laughs> fucking hell! I've I've just committed to memory like. Sewer. The correspondence between like your name and what you look like, and now now you're changing it. Um, Sewer makes up for that um, uh, for confusing me fourteen years in the future uh, with a <laughs> huge elevated pedigree uh, to eliminate Dragon Kid and uh, Shim M2K, and they're actually the champions of the bout first. So this provides mm, a lot yeah. more interest for the crowd because they know they guaranteed a new champion. Paul Heyman used to do this trick all the time in uh, yeah. in three way elimination matches, um, and you would think that things would calm down. No, absolutely not. The um, SmackDown before Survivor Series 2001 finisher buffet starts. Everyone does their moves on each other, and then Shane McMahon runs in with a chair, and then the big show does a choke slam, drop kicks, backdrop drivers, lariats, um, loads of real big moves. Um, this is completely the opposite of like the start of that Bockwinkle Robinson match. It's just like bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb, and again in fitting with the aesthetic of this match. That's absolutely appropriate. Mm. Horiguchi manages to sneak up during the chaos and pin Seema with his incredibly over backslide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, I, I love that, how like that, that got such a pop. 
Uh, yeah, I, it's because well, it, it was his finisher. It was like, yeah, you yeah, know how yeah. like the Big Show has his his knockout punch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's established in Dragon Gate Canon that Horiguchi's backslide is like the fucking burning like, hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, again, because of the internal logic, like it, it, it works perfectly. But again, it's something that um, you wouldn't necessarily know if you came to it cold, you know. So it's kind of uh, I, I'm not sure if everyone would get. That, I think but. a good, uh, I think a good comparison would be Toriyano. Because Toriano yes. has that down to down to a T where he can literally pull at a backside or a, a low blow or you know a small package at any point and win a match. Right? I remember when he beat Tanahashi in three and a half minutes with like a, yeah. a small package. Just like he has that where literally any any of those moves can completely change it. Yes. So from Toriano to Toriyamon, um, back to the end of the uh, end of the match, uh, you'll see no struggles to. Uh, German suplex assuming so Kondo says come here fucker and dumps him on his head <laughs> Kondo accidentally hilarious Yoshino get, uh, Horiguchi does an amazing dive uh, Magnum does the aforementioned completely whiffed spin kick <laughs> a, a cocky pin like the fucking Jericho come on baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more kicks and then the finish is the finish is pretty cool and actually the finish wouldn't have particularly been out of place in the Botwinkle Robinson match after all this chaos uh, Milano look, locks in a Kimura on Magnum Tokyo and Magnum tries to counter it into a stretch muffler. Um, mm, but then he, yeah. he, end, he ends up tapping. Italian Connection wins it, and then this disco accordion <laughs> song starts playing. Yeah! It's fucking magnificent! It's like something off, like, um, um, one of the restaurants that, uh, that, that one of the me- uh, members of the family in The Sopranos has a controlling interest in. Yes! You know, it's it's Italian enough to be like recognizably kind of cod Italian, but it, it's if, if they took that shit to Italy, they'd get laughed at. I was going to say, I mean, the important thing is it is run by legitimate businessmen. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, yeah. yes. Just I, like everything. Japanese wrestling. Yes, yes definitely. Yeah, allegedly, definitely. Yeah. So that ba- <laughs> that basically wraps it up as far as the um, play-by-play of the match goes. Um, like those listening at home. I, there's a lot of names we're throwing at you, and y- it might be difficult for you to keep up uh, with what was going on from what I was saying. But like, you know, that's exactly the same sensation as you will have watching this match if you haven't done yeah. so already, because yeah, it no. is just absolutely chaos, but uh, organized chaos. I think yeah. we would say. Yeah, yeah, very much like the uh, the ni- the reputable '90s boy band of the same name. Uh, yeah. Now, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that that pretty much brings us to um, to the, uh, the 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 end of the of the matches. Then, um, so um, yeah, um, I think what we've done in this uh, in this particular um, um, uh, show is we've really tried to um, move out from just the one timeline because we don't always want to be. Um, we're going to look at more timelines, but we don't always want to be having um, it seem too repetitive or, or kind of um, you know one after the other. So we are going to uh, hopefully this show gives you an idea of how we're going to uh, look at. Different aspects, different types, different uh, subgenres of, of of Puro as well, um, and not just stick to you know necessarily always the big companies necessarily, um, yeah. or, or, or even uh, or even modern contemporary stuff you know from the nineties onwards because um, there's a whole lot to explore out there, and I think between these three different matches we've given you a lot to, to inspire you maybe to go and look at some more stuff. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next thing we will be doing, um, I think we've mentioned uh, we're going to do this uh, before is. Um, Again, give you an idea um, of some more of the variety of uh, Japanese wrestling out there. Um, it, and it's going to be a promotion that we haven't covered before. Actually, it's going to be All Japan Women's Wrestling. We are going mm. to be covering their November 1985 uh, Budokan Hall main event. Now, it's it's for only five years removed from Bockwinkle versus Robinson. But as you will appreciate when you come to watch these matches and we talk about it, it is very, very different stuff. And it will be a nice window into... 
um, what was at the time a, a women's wrestling in Japan, a um, legitimate um, mass pop culture phenomenon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and for my money, some of the the greatest professional wrestling of all time as Ab- well. Absolutely. Um, so we're yeah, really looking yeah. forward to uh, talking about that with you. Yeah, can't wait. Can't absolutely. wait. Um, this is going to be a return to uh, women's wrestling, and you know, not before time. Uh, you know, in back in episode two, we um, covered our first women's re- match, the ama- amazing exploding barbed wire death match between Megumi Kudo. <laughs> And combat Toyota. What we are going to do now is we are going to do um, a entire women's wrestling show. Nineties um, AJW. You know, there's a lot of people out there that is their favourite wrestling of all time. Not just sort of not just women's wrestling, but in terms of wrestling ever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of the of the best wrestling of all time, male or female, happened. Yeah in 90s AJW. But what we're going to do in this episode is take a little bit of a look back before that at some of the wrestling which doesn't necessarily give get as much love but is really fantastic stuff to watch and also very influential on the yeah. performers which would rise to um, maybe not to greater prominence in terms of being mainstream stars in Japan but certainly in the ways that the hardcore wrestling fans nowadays think about them. Uh, you know, people like Manami Toyota and uh, Archie Kong. Um, yeah. You know, there may not be an Ajikong with in the same way without Borna Kano in the 80s. may not be a Manami Toyota without Jaguar Yakota, you know. It seems like a good time for us to, to, to go into that because we can make a lot of connections between the um, the current crop of women stars who, whether consciously or not, and I think a lot of them are conscious of it these days because that's the way that workers are now, they, they, they are taking a lot of cues, some of them, from some, some of the stuff that women in Japan were doing in the early 80s uh, yeah so it is amazing it's quite, so, it's quite incredible some when, when when you get all this um when you get all this you know, self-serving bollocks from the wwe um saying about how they're blazing a trail for women in sport firstly then they're not because you had no. uh you know the 1999 u.s women's football team got really popular even people like chris everett martina Vasilova, babe yeah. zaharius um in you know the fucking decades and decades before, but also not particularly blazing a trail in um, even in even in wrestling because yeah. you know Japanese women's wrestling was absolutely huge and of a an incredible quality, um, and you know that's something. I'm also going to have um, going to have a guest on the show for the first time, uh, which yeah. would be um, uh, uh, Sarah Parkin, who is our um, you know very, very good friend of ours and who uh, well very good girlfriend of mine as well but uh, <laughs> um and as our resident ajw fan yeah um you know um you yeah. know she i can't i i can't wait for that sarah is one of my favorite people to talk about wrestling with on on the planet so um i guarantee yeah. you folks you will very much enjoy hearing what sarah's got to say because she's um an excellent person to talk to especially about this stuff okay guys so um shall we um shall we hawk our shit let us hawk our shit before we before we uh, lack up them. You can find us on Twitter um, at Pudo Podcast. Still don't know how they got that, but you know we'll we'll let it lie. Um, where I bam up people and call them VLs, and we make jokes about Japanese wrestling and various other things. It's basically this, but in text form. It's like yeah, subtitles yeah. basically for this. Yeah. 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 So at Pudo Podcast, um, we always we always appreciate getting follows. And mm-hmm. we always appreciate um, the chat we get from people. So follow us on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, you've um, also got a Facebook page um, as well. We don't have as many people. Um, I think just because Facebook's kind of, I get the feeling that maybe Facebook's for people of my age and not so much like younger people anymore. Uh, you know, like uh, we're never getting a Snapchat, I don't think, because uh, I don't think any of us know how to use it properly. No, but um, no. we, we, we've got a Facebook as well. Um, it's at Puro Puri. Um, on Facebook, you can find us there, and um, we'll, we'll probably try and do some more stuff um, on Facebook as well, or maybe hook up the Facebook and the Twitter so they both post the same things or whatever. Yeah, uh, you can do that. So um, yeah, do 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 uh, like us on there as well. We'll try and be more active on that in, in the future too. And uh, we are on SoundCloud, which you you might very well be listening to us on um, uh, the Purple Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes as well, and also um, with regard to SoundCloud, uh, part of the Purple Only Place to Be Nation Network. Again, like no idea how we got onto there but uh thanks so much to them for for, for having us in yeah. their stable you know we will end in in this uh big stable of podcasts we'll endeavor to be more of a scott hall than a virgil well <laughs> th- this is the thing i was going to mention to you do you know that we have an american reboot on the pro wrestling online network if you had a strong style history Oh, oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, three yeah. guys. It's a good show. It's like three guys uh, from America who review Japanese wrestling from different parts of the, different time periods. Who yeah, who, yeah. who thought that one up? Like that's such a great <laughs> idea. So it's basically like when they tried to reboot the IT crowd. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I I like to think of it that it's like when they rebooted the Office and it was different, but in, in its own special way. Yes, but, that that is uh, better because yes. I've made them you know sound I mean? shit, but they're not. Yeah, yeah, it's really good because those the, th- those guys do have a really good show. So yeah, if you want to check out uh, other stuff that's uh, kind of similar to what we're talking about, you know, Puro, um, do check out uh, Strong Style History as well because uh, the, the, those guys are good. You know, yeah, it's uh, we're David Brent and they're Steve Carell, and that's okay. Yes, so, and <laughs> of course you've got Brain Buster on there. Which is their yeah. resident quiz you, show that's not you, as good as our quiz quizzes. show. Which I, get, let me let me be on it. Come on, this combines my two loves wrestling yeah, and quiz show. David, 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 David. You know you don't have to be like be invited and like Johnny just has like open invites. <laughs> you can just message him. And don't he'll, he'll don't don't, don't expose the business, right? It, you, you're <laughs> <Sorry. running>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to earn my spot and bring Buster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I, I, because his criteria on the last post I think he made about it was like we just need people that we don't care if you actually know anything. We just want you to be funny. Which I think gives us all three of us a chance. To be well, yeah. Well, trust me. Even gets to a bit Christmas, and we're doing all the we're doing a crossover episode of Strong Cell History, and we have our own yeah. episode of Brainbuster. We're all playing against each other. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Right. Yeah, that'll, that, that'll lead to our take that style breakup, like where uh, uh, you use lot I'll be bully Barlow and I'll develop a coke problem like Robbie Williams and go up and get fat and hang out with Oasis. Do I ha- do I have to set up a support hotline for all the people who are missing the ghost shit chat? No, no, no. You're you're all right. You're basically Jason. You don't really need us. You just do it for a laugh. All right, right that's right. We're not having anyone called Orange on this podcast. Let me tell you. <laughs> Baba wouldn't have any of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, that's the last oblique references to the Troubles then for this episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're out. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.
So um, yeah, just just before we get uh, get on to the matches, because um, uh, I think in a previous episode, I think uh, episode four, I mentioned having met uh, Minoru Suzuki at a what culture pro wrestling uh, event, um, and I hope we will return to this in a regular segment. I like to call George's Adventures in Pro. Um, so, um, so very recently, and I'm saying recently, it was actually this past weekend, but what with the, um, our release schedule, uh, running, you know, behind the material was actually recorded. I don't know when it's going to be released. If this comes out in 2019, you know, apologies, but, uh, recently, uh, my, my girlfriend and I had the uh, pleasure of going down to a pro wrestling Eve show in uh, London and, uh, just shout out to Dan and Emily at pro wrestling Eve because they're putting on some great shows at the moment. And, um, they had on this show, bear your mind, it's at the Resistance Gallery in Bethnal Green, which you can fit perhaps a hundred people if you're lucky and don't really care about the lack of oxygen in the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, uh, as well as you know, some of the best uh, female wrestlers in Europe, they had um, Emi Sakura and Meiko Satomura. Uh, come over from Japan, which is this is another part of like 2017 uh, wrestling being fucking weird. Uh, the yeah. idea that Mako Satomura, you know, probably the biggest Joshi star of her, you know, the generation that came after you know, the mm. the last batch of 90s AJW stars, um, right. you know, is playing this playing this little venue uh, in the UK. Um, it's, it's 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 actually really amazing, and um, yeah. so. Uh, so I bought I bought uh, Sarah a signed picture of Mako Satomura. That's right, I am the best boyfriend in the world. And <laughs> wow. um, we we ended up yeah had a had a little word with uh, with Mako and uh, with uh, with uh, Emi Sakura as well, actually. And um, yeah, they were were they, they, were, were they fans of the podcast, George? Uh, I'm presuming they are. You, they must have heard of us. <laughs> I think the I think the only reason they didn't gush in great detail about uh, yeah. uh, about the podcast was I think yeah. just because of you know they needed to get through a lot of people who were coming to buy their merch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, yeah. I I think in order to do to do us justice, it's um, it's, um, it's unbecoming of an icon as well, isn't it? Really, to to gush. I mean, yeah, absolutely. In front of your co-highs, you can't be too fulsome. No, but um, no, no. And uh, yeah, uh, both of them perform very well as well in the shows. Uh, Emmy Sakura, in particular, uh, she's and um, they actually did a seminar with Emmy um, the next day oh, uh, nice. for some of the up-and-coming wrestlers. You think of all the um, the people that uh, Emmy Sakura has trained in Japan. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's fairly it's fairly mind-boggling. Uh, she has yeah. this thing of she's one of these, and you you find this. I don't know if it's necessarily an archetype in uh, female Japanese wrestlers, but it's something I've seen. This sort of uh, they play up this sort of quite adorable nature in the way that a lot of uh, female performers in Japanese pop culture do, but also combine it with this real vicious streak. I noticed it <laughs> yeah. um, last uh, last summer. When uh, when that show we went to um, in Tooting, the one where uh, the three big uh, stars from Stardom were on, and in the opener, the BW show, yeah, um, Mayu Watani, yeah, yeah. uh, who I think also uh, fulfills this archetype, she kicked fuck mm. out of uh, out of someone's back incredibly hard, and then just I basically think it was just Nick, put, was it Nixon Newell? Maybe. Uh, no, it was the opener, and then she basically oh, oh, yeah. Mayu just puts up her hands and goes, <laughs> "Yay!" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's just, yeah. like really violent act and she's just having having the most lovely time uh the other yeah. great thing about it all was that um uh Mako Satomura uh, she has a blog on the Sendai Girls website and with a little help from Google Translate and a bit of uh what I would call heuristic interpretation as to what the fuck Google <laughs> Translate is actually trying to tell you um I can conclude that um Mako Satomura went to Buckingham Palace and uh, stood outside um, 
wearing this incredible looking winter coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looked amazing. I think that's so regal. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've ever seen her wearing something other than her gear or a Sendai girl's tracksuit. So that was quite jarring. The other thing I gleaned from it is a little post she did about Hyde Park. Mako Satomura is a huge fan of the Richard Curtis film Notting Hill. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, oh, I suppose that's like, but that is that not just like the, one of those things that like people that are kind of Anglophiles, like, uh, fuck it, what's that other trashy piece of shit? Love Actually. Everyone oh, loves Love, that's, you know? that's, I've, that's I've, I've, I've actually got, I've actually got students that are, just so people know that listen to this, I, I teach English as a foreign language and I've got students that, um, some of them, uh, the, the first thing they talk about when they talk about what um, what 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 kind of got them into uh, wanting to learn English or being Anglophiles was watching Love Actually Fucking or weddings and a funeral, uh, you know, all that shite. Like, you know? I, I, it just I, makes I you think what... of the thick of it. Oh, is it the thick of it or <laughs> in the lip? Where he's like, hello, and he's like, ah, it's enough of the Oxbridge pleasantries. And he goes, what's the Oxbridge? Are we saying hello? And he just goes, shut it, love, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to know what no, Hugh there, Grant's Japanese dog sounds de- like. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a more realistic depiction of what it's like to be fucking, uh, um, to be, uh, you know, yeah. mired in, um, in the real shit of England. Yeah, that, uh, is, that, is, that is for sure. And, you know, like I say, my, my personal... Um, uh, interactions with them didn't go as far as that although i did did, did have a fairly lengthy chat with nixon Null, who's uh worth a star recently and uh it turns out she's a very nice person which mm-hmm. you can't you kind of want that to be uh to be the case um like yeah, when, when yeah, you meet when yeah. you meet it's nothing worse than meeting one of your heroes and finding out they're a tosser um oh god and yeah, yeah, she also yeah, has the, best, the best theme tune in wrestling Oh, yeah. Uh, it, uh, her theme tune, for those of you who don't know, is the 90s yeah. pop song uh, C'est La Vie by uh, B Asterisk Witched, yes, as I believe yeah. is the correct pronunciation. Although it should be Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch should have that theme tune. Yeah. And, and that yeah. Is what do you like? <laughs> what, what is what she like? like? She fights what like her dad's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fuck it up. Have you got any more you want to say about that? Sorry. No, that's basically it. I think. Um, so, oh, did you mention about yeah, um you mentioned oh yeah, we we sent we sent Chris Wolf a Snapchat telling her how great she is, and then if as if by magic she won the Neo High Speed title just a few mm, days yeah. later. I'm not saying this is like our version of meme magic, but like I'm saying <laughs> yeah. there is a bit of a connection. Yeah. But basically, what what we're, I'm, I'm going to be doing? For, I mean, I don't have a Snapchat, so I have to I don't know get someone else to do it for me. Um, but I think we should just experiment now and see if we can get all of our boys um, um elevated into uh, positions of uh, of glory. Um, so, uh, you know, like, um, I, I, I'm thinking that if we can maybe Snapchat, um, No Way Jose, um, <laughs> let's see if we can't have him headlining Mania in a, uh, again, uh, again, before Brock, the offers appear. In a, in a, in a, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, fucking trios match, No Way Jose, uh, and, t- and two of his pals up against the, uh, the authors of pain and, uh, I don't know. Mr. Don't call You know, <laughs> yeah, you know who's in the offers of pain, don't you? Albania's greatest Albania's export. greatest export. Albania's greatest export. Of course, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. Um, so, do yeah. you want to do you want to do a, a, an intro? So, you are going before we start this match. You know, we're going to play a game in terms of trying. Yeah, to... absolutely. Um, so we're basically, doing blockbusters, aren't we? Sorry, we're doing blockbusters. So we're doing blockbusters. So, yeah, what yeah. we're going to do is you give the description and the first letter of their name, and I'll try and guess who it is because there's so many, and my knowledge of Toriamon is limited. I may get some of them wrong, but I think that yeah, will just I was add to say, it. We should have both you and Daniel trying to do it. 
Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't watched an episode of Blockbusters since about 1992. Don't worry, no uh, one has. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but it, it, it had a comeback with someone else presenting it. Oh, oh it's never um, as good, though, like when fucking oh, Steve Simon Mayo. Simon Mayo. Simon Mayo? Simon yeah, Mayo that's in it. the morning. <laughs> you don't get Mayo much on TV. No, you? no. Uh, well, you do if you watch but, Television but, X. <laughs> oh man! I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if I understand that one. <laughs> I've revealed too much. Yeah, Cut this out, girlfriend. Is it? There's, oh. a, there's a Television X now. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Well, it started with televisions A through to A through to W. <laughs> I'm still a Television yeah. Q, mate. <laughs> anyway, I'm giving this to somebody else. Jamie. Ah, the crossest man in Scotland. Well, if it isn't Humpty Numpty... What is this, surround bollocking? Hey, with due respect, I hadn't finished. If it isn't Humpty Numpty sitting on top of a collapsing wall like some clueless egg cunt... No, I'm finished. Hi, Jamie. This is Toby. Oh, I'm Toby Wright. I'm uh, Simon Zayda. Hi, Toby. Toby, I'm very, sure. very pleased to meet you. Please sit down. Now, right, that's enough of all the fucking Oxbridge pleasantries. I was just, what's Oxbridge about saying hello? Shut it! Love, actually! Not a whole punch your face! Right, I'm off to deal with the fate of the planet. Be gentle with them. Oh, you know me, Mark. Kid gloves, but made from real kids. Uh-huh. Right, butch and gay dance. This wall story is playing badly. There's a cartoon of you in here as a walrus. A walrus? I'm not fat. I didn't even have a moustache. Fuck, they didn't mean tusks. Walrus? Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah walrus, walrus. walrus. Look, we called some builders. They didn't turn up when they said they would. Now, what did good... you expect? They're builders! Have you ever seen a, a, a film where the hero is a builder? No, no, because they never fucking turn up in the nick of time! Bat builder? Spider builder? Huh? That's why you never see a superhero with a hod! I've got Dragon King in a cupboard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's running at my wife's cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Eating some jelly deals. And that does it. And this time, that really does do it. Because after 10 years, after 1,200 shows, and over 5,000 contestants, it's goodbye from Blockbusters. And can I thank all those contestants for the wonderful performances they put up, and thank you too for the many, many letters you wrote about them. They were magnificent, and I've enjoyed it, I think, more than anything I can remember in my career. Thank you for your support, and to everybody who's appeared on the show, thank you too. Goodbye from all of us, to all of you. Cheers. And returning at 3.20 from Monday afternoon, The Young Doctors.